welcome to the Prayers of Breast podcast. I'm your host, Ashrita Chuchu, and in this season of Praying Through Hard Emotions, we have also invited friends to come and share their story of God's faithfulness through the hard things. Today, I'm talking with my dear friend, Wendy Speak, about depression. Wendy is a best-selling author and speaker. She's also a dear friend. We've co-hosted uh, 40-day sugar fasts that she has taken the lead on, and tens of thousands of women have come to know the freedom and the fullness found in Jesus when we lay down our sugar addictions and pick up the freedom and fullness that comes only in God's presence as we feast on his word. So I will share more details about how you can join the next annual sugar fast at the end of this episode. But for now, um, I am just so excited for you to hear Wendy's story of how God has led her through this journey of depression. Uh, she'll share the first time that she realized she was struggling with depression, and it's actually at the meat counter while ordering salmon. It's a great story. Um, I also share my first time of realizing something's wrong, and and uh, it's not just something that a nap is going to fix. So I'm eager for you to hear God's faithfulness and his goodness, even in those hard places of, of our lives. As both Wendy and I share our stories of walking through depression and taking this hard emotion to God and receiving his invitation to sit with him and to receive his peace and his rest, even in the hard things. Before we jump in, one quick note, uh, the audio quality is different than you're used to here on the podcast. I did have to record this call on the phone due to some technical difficulties, um, but once you get used to it, it, you should still be able to hear everything all right, and I promise the content is so worth sticking with it and listening to the end. So let's dive in. Well, Wendy, um, I feel like so much has come out the last few years about mental illness, and um, it's probably something that we talk about more frequently than other generations in the past, but there still are a lot of misunderstandings or, or assumptions when it comes to depression, loneliness, just some of these hard feelings that um, it, more people are admitting to feeling, um, but it still, it still kind of feels vulnerable and uncomfortable to to share publicly, this is something that I struggle with. And so I just want to thank you for being willing to have this conversation. It means so much to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the reason that, at least in Christian circles, that it, nobody wants to admit to it is because we're confused by it ourselves. And now I'm talking about, like, not just Bible-believing Christians, but abiding in the word Christians. I think that we oftentimes say, but wait a minute, God, your word says that if I abide in you and you abide in me and I'm in your word and your word's in me, then I'm going to experience the fruit of your spirit in my life, which includes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, but specifically peace and joy. And when I'm sad and I'm depressed and I'm anxious, where's the fruit, God? Because I'm spending time with you. My faith isn't lacking, so Why? And I think that there's just this, this this line that we don't understand between 
spiritual reasons, physiological reasons, and it's just very confusing. And so we just kind of camp out in our in our feelings by ourselves, and that doesn't move us forward. Mm. I think that's key, what you said, is that we kind of camp out by ourselves. And all of these hard emotions, honestly, that we've been praying through and, and bringing to God this season, um, there's shame around them. There is there is a sense of embarrassment of, um, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to admit that I'm struggling with this. And so I'm going to try to, to handle it on my own, by myself. And yeah. so I'm, I'm so eager to hear your story. Um, not that you've arrived, not that any of us have like the three-step process to get rid of depression. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, we all, we all click on those types of articles, but the truth is that, um, at least in my experience, each of these hard emotions is an invitation from God to say, mm-hmm. come to me. Um, mm-hmm. Hand this over to me. Let me walk with you through this. Not so that the final end result is you're rid of it, but rather that in the walking, we come to know God and love him more. And even as for some of us, our, these hard emotions might be a lifelong journey, mm-hmm. uh, we discover more of him in the midst of it. So when you take us yeah. back to the first time that you realized or, or that you give language to something's off here, even mm-hmm. if you didn't necessarily label it depression. Sure. Well, I definitely had a season after my third child was born um, where I, I, I was just struggling. I, I was just struggling without a shadow of doubt. Now, we have been friends, Asherita, when you have had your third child. And mm-hmm. I mean, I maybe there's just something about giving birth multiple times that... Um, <laughs> It takes something a toll. Broke. Yeah, something just broke in me emotionally. And what I discovered with the help of doctors is something had broken in me, you know, with my adrenal glands, something had broken in me with my chemical imbalance. I mean, something had broken in me. And I remember so clearly Matt, my husband, came home from work early enough one day where I went to the grocery store by myself, which of, right there was just, I mean, that's worth memor- remembering <laughs> as like this incredible thing in my life that day was that I could actually go to the grocery store by myself in that busy season. And I parked, I was in the parking lot of Sprouts and I can see myself so clearly. I just started crying. I cried so hard. I mean, it is the definition of ugly cry. And it's called ugly cry because when I was done ugly crying, I was so ugly. And um, I put on my big sunglasses um, and wore them inside the grocery store to just cover up my face. And I walked up to the meat counter uh, and I ordered salmon. And I remember so clearly the guy behind the counter, he said, hey, how are you doing today? <laughs> and of course, I was doing awful. And he finally looked up at me and I said, I'm not doing so great. But it's another opportunity to trust God more. And I kid you not, Asherita, he had on a a little name tag that said, hello, my name is Paul. So Paul, this is how he responded to me. He started crying. And I don't mean like his tears like kind of pooled in his eyes. I mean like he started crying. It was like those those, um, those cartoons, you know, what are they called? Um, 
you know, in the magazines and in the newspaper, you know, just scribbled out pictures where, where someone's crying and the tears are like projectile crying, like, wah, wah, right? His tears started popping out of his eyes. And he said, do you think that's what the hard days are for? That we learn to trust God more. And then at that point, I'm losing it again and my tears and my snot, you know, all of it. I said, yes, I do. I think that they're just opportunities for us to trust God more. And so I love, I love that we get to have this conversation and just affirm, what's the reason? I don't always know. What do we do? I don't always know, but I know this is part of it, trusting God, clinging to God, recognizing our need for God, confessing our need for God, staying close to him, experiencing his closeness to us as we walk through these hard times, whether you have adrenal fatigue and postpartum depression, or this is something that you've battled since your youth and it's a chemical imbalance, or you're going through a really hard season and you you feel sideswiped by it because you've never struggled with these, what I call soul sadness, what these feelings before. So it's an opportunity to trust God more. And it, it reminds me of um, Psalm 42 where, where David cries out, why are you downcast on my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? And it's a great question. And I love this this thin line here between that question and kind of an answer of what we're to do. He says, why why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? And then he, he goes immediately into, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Like there's not even a breath between the two lines. And so I think it's so important as Christians especially, that we don't run right to, wait a minute, if I'm abiding in God and he's abiding in me, I need to have peace and I need to have joy. And we push the feelings aside. Instead, I think we need to say, wait a minute, God with me, would you join me here? I'm really downcast. My feelings are really disturbed within me. Okay, with your help, I know what the anecdote is. I know that I am to put my hope in you, God and to praise you for you are my Savior and my God. But it's not running past them. It's not avoiding the feelings. It is using them as an opportunity to trust God more, to invite God into the reality of our hurting, and to allow him to do what he promises that he will do, which is meet us and comfort us. And even in this moment, Asherita, making us into vessels of comfort for others who are going through similar things. Hmm. There's just so much richness in what you just shared, but I want to camp out on on that. Like, don't be so fast to push mm-hmm. those feelings aside and to pretend you're not feeling sad because we plaster on that smile. And and sometimes, like, we need to do that just to get through the end of the day, right? Like, mm-hmm. I cannot collapse on the couch when my children need dinner. I might do it once or twice, but if it's an ongoing thing, um, it, we don't just ignore them. We don't just right. pretend this isn't this isn't us saying, but rather, like you said, God, would you join me in this? As, as I'm, mm-hmm. I'm learning to sit with the uncomfortable and hard, and I love that in in those two psalms, they're paired up. Um, is it Psalm forty-two and forty-three? Yeah, forty-two and okay. <laughs> I think well, 42. it might be forty-one and forty-two. I know that they, there we go. <laughs> it's in there. 
I'm going to turn over. But I know it's 42. (laughs) But what I love is that I think it's three times that David repeats that chorus, um, Psalm 42 and 43. Three times he says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? This isn't like a Band-Aid that we put on once and then that's it. Like, we're all better. We don't have to come back to it. Uh, it, it can be cyclical. It can be something that we feel one day and the next day we bounce right back. Or it could be something that lasts for weeks or months. Um, in, in my own life, um, I, the first time I experienced depression was actually not postpartum, but pregnancy depression. Wendy, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but that chemical imbalance with my first pregnancy, I was in my second trimester and I remember standing in the shower just feeling like there is no point to my life. Mm-hmm. And even as I was saying that, feeling guilty about it because I'm carrying life, right? Like, why am I thinking this way? But, um, the thoughts were so dark, um, mm-hmm. in a way that frightened me. I, I didn't know where where these um, end-of-life type thoughts were coming from. I didn't mm-hmm. want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to work. And um, in that season, Psalm 46 became the lifeline for me. Um, I literally did not even have words to pray. That's how dark a season was. Um, and so I just kept repeating, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And I remember standing in that shower. It's making me tear up even now. Just standing in the shower with the water pouring down on me and saying, I feel like my entire Christian vocabulary has been stripped away from me. And all I have right now are those words. It's an Mm -hmm. ever-present help in trouble. And and it was dark. and, And then it lifted. But... The sense of God meeting me in that place, in that darkness, in the despair, um, is something that I came back to the next time, <laughs> the next pregnancy, the next time depression came around, knowing that God is an ever-present help in this time of trouble. And um, I would love to hear from, from you who walked alongside you in this, because for me, it was my husband. He was the first one I reached out to, and I said, I'm not doing so great right now. Um, and over the years, now my oldest is eight, um, and he's come to recognize some of the warning signs, uh, some of the things that tend to trigger uh, dark, spiraling thoughts in my life. And so he is much quicker to to reach out and to help walk alongside me before it spirals down into like utter darkness. Um, and I have a counselor who's helped yeah. walk me through um, learning to speak truth and also learning to sit in the discomfort. But I would love to hear from you. Who who have been the people that have walked with you through this? Yeah, I have a couple of trusted women in my life who um, remind me what is true when I can't remember or or just agree with me what I know to be true when it doesn't feel true. Um, and oftentimes with these couple trusted friends, we even use the, the words, I know I'm telling you what you already know, but let me just remind you what is true. I'm reminded of the, the verse that says, whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Think about such things. Really all of Philippians 4, right? Um, because that's, that's really about when we are anxious, when we are struggling um, with our emotions, with our fears, with our depression. And um, I think sometimes I just need the companionship of people who love me to remind me what is true. Even if I already know it, just to say, I'm just, I'm, I'm affirming your feelings and I'm going to tend to you by just washing you in truth. Um, and then the other thing that others have helped me learn and now I know to practice when I recognize a soul sadness welling up mm-hmm. again. I know to say to myself a couple very practical things. And now this isn't spiritual at all. Um, though I'm sure you and I could make things <laughs> spiritual out of it if we wanted to. But am I getting enough sleep? Am I um, having too much caffeine? Am I eating too much sugar? Um, have I spent time in the Word? Like, okay, that one's spiritual. But some of these are, am I getting exercise? And do I need to move my body and stretch my body in the morning and the evening and get to bed at an early hour? Have I had enough protein or am I just snacking on leftover treats in the pantry? Uh, there are some very practical things that I can do. And when am I taking my vitamin B? <laughs> that to me is a huge one. Like it's really, really a thing. And so it's back to that idea of, God, what's wrong with me spiritually? And then I often come back and say, um, this is physical. You keep abiding in me. I will keep abiding in you. You will get to the place where you experience peace and the joy that's available of my spirit bearing fruit in your life. But you also need to take care of your physical body. So those are some very practical things and some very practical people that have reminded me of those true things as well. So, Wendy, that um, list of questions, I know you have asked me at least twice in the last three or four years um, that I have reached out to you or you've reached out to me to see how I'm doing and, and I've told you I'm, I'm not doing great. And mm-hmm. um, I could actually anticipate what you were going to say next, or, like right now on this phone call because right. I knew this is where she's going. These are the questions that you ask me when when I'm struggling. And I appreciate just the thoughtfulness of both the physical aspect of of depression as well as the emotional and the spiritual. Um, and I think this is an appropriate time for us to just say, if this is an ongoing struggle or if you, you're you listening to this right now and you do have suicidal thoughts, like please reach out to a medical professional. Um, yeah. There is such a thing as a chemical imbalance. That doesn't mean that someone's not spiritual. <laughs> it means right. that we need help. Um, and, and part of what I'm hoping with these conversations is that we remove the stigma and, and the shame around saying this is something I'm struggling with um, and that we invite God or we, we receive and accept his invitation to walk with him through this and to also invite friends into the process. Um, because when I'm when I'm in that soul sad state that you described to Wendy, I'm not thinking about eating protein. I'm thinking about eating donuts and chocolate yeah. chip yeah. cookies and, and all the things that are terrible for me um, that just exacerbate that condition. Um, yeah. 
as we're thinking about this, this episode is airing right before Christmas. And I know that this time of the year is such a struggle um, for people who who maybe are predisposed to sadness and loneliness and depression. Um, and so I'm wondering, from an older sister <laughs> to a younger sister about mm-hmm. in Christ, like, what would be your word of encouragement, um, whether practical or you know just a just an encouraging word for someone sure. who feels like I'm in the place right now? Well, I think that it really is both a practical and a spiritual invitation. When God says, when Jesus said, same words that you've already said, Asherita, which is the invitation, come to me. We are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And um, if you are going to the donuts because you're so anxious and it gives this this momentary experience of happiness and and feel good, you know, um, or if you are going to your phone over and over again, or if you are going to a glass of wine to just take the edge off your soul sadness, just remember, especially as we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to to earth to be with us, to bring the invitation to wrap that invitation in flesh, extend the hand and say, come to me, come to the Father, I'll make a way to him for you because you're not meant to carry this alone and you're not meant to medicate it with substances. This is substance abuse. Whether it's food or it's smoking or it's alcohol, um, bring it to me. This is another opportunity to come to me. This is another opportunity to trust me more. So I think that is both spiritual and it is practical. And um, before you even said that if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, Asherita, I was already thinking the exact same thing, and I just pulled it up here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and then I'm going to tell you <laughs> that Asherita is gonna have it on her on her landing page for this episode as well. And it is 800-273-8255. And again, this is practical and it is spiritual because we know in God's word that we have an enemy and he has come to steal and to devour, to kill and to destroy. And the fact that Asherita herself confessed to feelings of, what, what's the point? Um, Asherita isn't alone. So I am sure without a shadow of a doubt that some of you listening today have been there as well. And so if you need someone who can walk you through it, please call out to a friend and call out to this hotline if you are in an unstable place even right now. And of course, we're going we're gonna to wrap this episode up, I know, as Asherita always says, with prayer because we'll be calling out to him as well. Yes. Wendy, thank you. Would you, would you bring our, our listeners to the Lord and the time in, in rest? in trusting in what God will do as we bring these feelings of depression to him. You bet. Lord, we we worship you for being a loving God who meets us in the mud and the muck and the mire of our deep soul sadness and um, lifts us up and puts our feet upon the rock of our salvation. Um, I love, Lord, that you are the rock. And you, st- you, you stand us up 
on the firm foundation that is you. Uh, when we can barely even stand, you, you enable us to stand. And you're just so good and you're just so kind. And as we prepare to celebrate your birth, we remember why you came. You came that you might be our Prince of Peace. That we might that we might have peace with God, yes, but also just peace, the fruit of your spirit in our lives as we abide in you. Even in the midst of these difficult times and difficult feelings, difficult circumstances, that we would abide in you and that you would abide in us and that we would bear the fruit of peace. You are our Prince of Peace. You are our peace. And we are utterly dependent on you. So, Holy Spirit, would you help us to remember what is true and right and noble and true and so good and cling to it, that your peace, which passes all understanding, would flood our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that you would also go to battle on our behalf, because this is a spiritual battle. As we rest... Would you war? Would you fight the battle on our behalf for your glory and for our good? We ask this, utterly dependent, choosing to trust in you, just as the psalmist said, even when they cried, why are you downcast on my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Making the active choice to say, still I will put my hope in the Lord. I will see the goodness of the Lord on display in my life again. And so we trust you together, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wendy, for joining us here on the podcast. And if you're struggling with depression, I sure hope you make some time to sit down and and listen to our prayer episode from earlier this week. Um, I will guide you through a prayer of of bringing this hard emotion before God and inviting him to process it with us. And then there's also some practical things. So we'll have details on those questions that Wendy shared in our call today. We'll have those in the show notes, as well as that number to the suicide prevention hotline. You can find all of that in the show notes of this episode. And after Wendy prayed, I actually asked her one more question that had popped into my head during her prayer. I know you're not supposed to do that, um, but I was trying to pay attention to what she was praying. It was so good. But then I also had to ask her, how do you talk to your spouse if you're struggling with depression and you don't feel supported? How, How do you have that conversation? And Wendy has just nuggets of wisdom to share. Um, So you can find that extra audio file in our Patreon prayer partner community. More details about that at prayersofrest.com backslash Patreon. So friend, if this interview resonated with you, I would love for you to share it with another friend or two who you know is going through a hard time, especially right now during the holidays. You can send it to them through Apple Podcasts or you can post it to your stories. Um, tag me at Asherita, tag, tag Wendy Speak as well. We would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. 
And you can find out more about Wendy and her books and her work, as well as the next 40-day sugar fast that is starting here in a couple weeks, when you go to her website, wendyspeak.com. That's speak with an E, and we'll have that URL in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening. The Prayers of Rest podcast is a production of One Thing Alone Ministries, helping you enjoy Jesus through creative spiritual habits. A big shout out to our Patreon prayer partners whose generous financial giving brings you this podcast each week. And thank you to Angie Elkins and her husband, Robert Elkins, for editing assistance for the wonderful music and Kendra Stanton helped schedule and produce this show. And thank you again for being here today. Until we meet again, may you find rest in God's loving presence.